following program contains language and subject matter that you may consider unsuitable for children. Parental discretion is advised. Greetings, Herfling. Uh, His Highness the Jackal. The Jackal. And I'm going to pass the reins to Mr. Jackal, the new king of Virginia. <laughs> I think Jackal's a Latino. I'm not sure, but he'll give it to you again. The Jackal. Welcome one, welcome all, welcome friends, welcome foes to another kooky, exciting, and in and I hope informative episode inside the Jackal's Head. That's right folks, we are live on this occasionally beautiful somber night, December 6, 2020. And as you heard earlier there, the song, Happy Birthday Jorge, that's right, folks, my uh, good friend who is no longer with us on this plane, but he's enjoying rollerblading somewhere else. Jorge Rodriguez would have uh, turned another age older, another year older today, and uh, we, we mourn him, we miss him, and I have uh, a bunch of clips that I want to get to in a little bit uh, celebrating his, uh, his life and uh, his time on radio. I want to welcome everybody who's checking out the show tonight from uh, PSN Radio, of course, the one and only PSN-Radio.com and SoFloRadio.com and the Global Enlightenment Radio Network. Um, Like I said, we're going to have a fun time uh, listening to some clips of George tonight and uh, celebrate what would have been his, what, 56th, 57th birthday tonight? I mean, uh, way too young, way too young. And uh, we uh, missed uh, the heck out of the man tonight. Um, you know, I, I caught a lot of the uh, show today earlier with uh, Sabrina, his daughter, who uh, was on SoFlo, on the uh, Twitch account on SoFlo Radio. And by the way, if you guys haven't checked out the new digs on SoFloRadio.com, go by there. It's uh, really, really coming out nice. Uh, me and Sabrina kind of was there. We were talking about changing the layout a little bit, and uh, we came up with a, a whole new uh, kind of look to it. It's uh, really cool, and uh, uh, it's something that it's funny because I had kind of a similar idea a, a while back uh, when I was talking to George uh, around the time the Marlins rebranded and had the whole new color scheme, and uh, I told him, "No, we should do something like that," and he was like, "I like that, but I really like what we have now." Uh, so, you know, we kind of kept it to, uh, what we had, uh, but, uh, Sabrina did an awesome job, uh, you know, my hat's off to her, I know it's, a, it's tough, uh, to do anything when it comes to, uh, you know, your, your passing up father, um, you know, it's not easy, uh, to speak about him and, uh, talk about him when he's no longer here, but she did a great show today, uh, Brittany Summers was there. Uh, Tony C was there, you know, a, a few folks called in, it was on Zoom, and, uh, they did it on the, uh, twitch.tv forward slash SoFlo radio, and if you guys go there, you'll be able to check out all the video content that's going to be, uh, posted on there from the SoFloRadio.com main website, it's, uh, jump right over there, if, in fact, the new banner in the top has the uh, Twitch icon on it. So if you click on it, it's a very simple takeover uh, to Twitch. And uh, you guys will be able to jump right over there and check out the shows that she's going to present live on video, which is exciting. Uh, you know, this is something that I know George would have loved to have, the, you know, been a, a part of because he was definitely in the uh, the next wave 
of doing stuff on video, which is, um, you know, that's the future, folks. In fact, the future is here. Remember, we're all locked in with this uh, virus that now we definitely know came from China. And uh, we, uh, you know, no matter how they try to disguise it, it came from China. But, um, you know, we're all locked in, and there, there's a lot more podcasts that are going on online uh, on a daily basis, it seems. Uh, new people are getting online, and I know George would have had a great time, uh, you know, talking about what's happening with politics and the uh, the whole shebang. So we, we definitely miss his input. Uh, but it was a fun show. Uh, you know, it was cool to catch up with Brittany having... Uh, talked to Brittany in a, in a long time, Brittany Summers, who does a, a great podcast, uh, also, which airs on SoFlo Radio. You can catch it every Saturdays at 4 p.m. on SoFloRadio.com and PSN-Radio.com. We play uh, simulcast on there. And, uh, you know, we love uh, Boca Brittany. We've, uh, I've been a fan of uh, Boca for a long time. And, uh, and you know, I, I was... Uh, lucky enough to uh you know go over uh some of my history when it comes to radio uh, on the show that Sabrina did and uh you know one of the things that I've uh, I've maintained over the years is I've been kind of lucky in a sense because I got to work with Art Bell on his uh return to radio online I had uh, the pleasure of working with George for 10 years on SoFlo and on PSN and doing uh you know stuff uh, for the networks, which is was always always uh, a blast. Just and, and you know, just going to the studio, like I said on her show uh, today, and just hanging out and just being there and observing what he was, you know, doing was always a whole lot of fun. So, uh, and it's uh, it was very educational for me because uh, when I got started, man, not that I'm great now, but when I got started, I was really stiff, and I didn't know what what I was doing, because you don't really understand what the medium is until you jump in and you start doing shows, and eventually either it clicks or it doesn't. Uh, If it does click and you start doing well at it, and, uh, you know, that's great. Uh, But as long as you keep it fun nowadays, you know, I don't think people care as much. Whether you're a great speaker, you know, I mean, I've heard some podcasts that are popular, and I'm like, my goodness, how does this guy get 40,000 views? This guy can barely, uh, you know, speak a coherent sentence. He must be, like, from the Joe Biden school of gaffes and, and shit, you know. But uh, it's funny because uh, there's so many uh, podcasts, like I said earlier, on the Internet today that uh, it's it boggles the mind that, you know, what the future holds for this medium. But uh, as I was saying on the uh, show with Sabrina, you know, AM radio died when Neil died. And I do think the Internet is the future and online video content is the uh, the way to go. And uh, this, uh, you know, platform is never going to be truly dead because... You know, a spoken word is very important. And not only that, you know, I know a lot of people that like to have the MP3 so they can do the podcast, they can listen in, and they can, you know, enjoy that part of it also. So it's never going to truly go away. But I do think the regular, you know, AM, FM formats eventually will fade out and it'll all just be on the Internet. And that makes sense. I mean, it's better sound quality. It's better connection for the most part. And uh, it's easier to connect to people with stuff like Skype and Zoom. Uh, so it's just a, a whole better platform. And it's the future evolving. The Internet's taking everything from everybody. Why not also radio, right? What the hell? 
But uh, again, uh, you know, shout outs to Sabrina for putting out a great show, and uh, and uh, you know, we look forward uh, to seeing a whole lot more of her and uh, the uh, show she has lined up. Check out again SoFloRadio.com for all the latest information on her show and everything else going on on the network over there. Uh, like I said, I have a bunch of stuff that I put together for tonight's show, and uh, there's a, a lot of uh, George stuff that I wanted to get to, uh, just, you know, kicking around the idea of how to say happy birthday to uh, my friend who is uh, now gone, and uh, I was like, well, what can I play that, you know, people haven't heard already or haven't heard a billion times, and I started going around some of the comedy skits that I really liked over the last few years, uh, even when as far back as when Neil and George were around, and I started just playing some funny songs, and uh, there's uh, a few clips just that uh, I was just cracking up, and some of them, you know, George participated in, as he did the voiceover, as well as, you know, Boca did the music, or, you know, they worked on the song together, but uh, some of the stuff, they worked on it together, and some, you know, they didn't have George in it, but it was part of the Neil show, and and uh, some of it was part of Georgia's show. Uh, there's a, a couple of things here where, where there's a couple of clips that are a little bit long that I'm going to get to also. Uh, one was from uh, when Suds Coleman passed away a couple of years ago, which uh, that was extremely sad. I mean, we we took that very sad, you know, very very uh, badly. Also, I know George was uh, really hurt by uh, the passing of Suds. Uh, you know, like. This is the the whole tribute show that they did. There's an audio um, in there where George says, or, or I think it's Brittany actually says, uh, "Without Suds, there'll be no show." And uh, you know, there, there was a lot of truth to that. Suds was a, a very big part of putting you know pieces together with uh, George. Uh, it's been a rough uh, last couple of years for the uh, Soulflow Radio family, and, and you know. Uh, at least the future looks bright with Sabrina, you know, coming in and uh, starting to uh, find her way on the uh, network. So that's uh, that looks really, really good for the future of the network. But let's see, I'm going to go ahead and uh, share this first clip, which it's going to be something that I think a lot of you gentlemen are going to agree with. Uh, uh, you're going to get a good laugh at this. And uh, this is something I think George would have gotten a good laugh at if he was around right now. Check anyway, this out. Found this out some very devastating funny. news. I mean, some news that I may never recover from. Come to find out, the inside word is that Corey Saban is a hairy Jew. Harry. They make razors for that. I'm sorry. I, you know something? That's an even bigger turnoff than Harry to me is guys who shave their bodies. Because let me just tell you, going back to that list we were compiling a couple of weeks ago, straight guys don't shave the hair off their bodies, okay? So if there's any straight guys listening to me right now, one or two, don't be shaving the hair off your body because that makes you gay, okay? Beyond a shadow of a doubt, that makes you into a screaming fag. Now, you tell me that Joe Costello who's sitting in there shaves the hair off his Italian body? His balls are bald as a... He shaves the hair off his balls? How would you know? He gives me a lot of crap. We did a show. We did three shows on body hair. You did a, you did yeah. a show on balls? Well, on shaving things. your balls? Yeah. And Joe Costello shaves his balls. With what? Not with a razor, I hope. The girlfriend likes it. 
with, with a razor? With a razor. Shave them clean. You shave your balls with a razor? Are you crazy? So, by the way, everybody now, Jason's in there giving spy reports. He's seen Corey naked, and he said he looked like a walking ape. He's so hairy, which I think is getting a little carried away. 5670560. Oh, so, we got Joe Costello shaves his balls. Corey is, uh, is hairy. And he's trying to get, not only is he trying to get me to do the same thing, but uh, Jason also. Shave. Shave your balls? He says we're nuts if we don't shave. Maybe Joe will do it for him, since he's the expert. Believe me, I know how these guys work. Trust me, I'm an old troll. I know how uh, you know how you get these things started. Oh, here, let me just see if I can uh, trim those for you a little bit. Yeah. Uh huh. Next thing you know, whoops. Next thing you know, somebody's having lunch. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the AT and T wireless line. Joe wants to go on record as saying that intern Shannon likes it shaved also. And how about his balls? I can't believe that. I mean, first of all, the fact that you do it, that's one thing. But to go around advertising it, no, no, but yeah, he wouldn't have known unless you told him. Why do you tell another guy that you shave your balls? He tells everybody. And then he goes to get a wax job three times a week? He's got waxy built up on top of the building. If you're not shaving, uh, you're, you're missing yeah. out. See, a guy like him shouldn't be that desperate that he has to kowtow to some abroad's wishes that you, no, seriously. He should be able to have his pick, just like Corey in there. Although more so Corey, because Corey's a better-looking guy than Joe. Joe's okay. Corey's a good-looking guy. He, now, why do you give me a look like that? You know that's true. Sure you do. He's, he's, uh, you have a Roman nose. If you had a nose like Corey, why don't you and Corey swap noses? Huh? And hair. Then, yeah, and, and you can take a little bit of his hair and put it back on your balls, and then you have some self-respect instead of shaving your balls because your girlfriend likes it that way. Man. Who's the pussy in this relationship, huh? She likes it that way. Man, grow, grow up here, man. Maybe you shaved one of them off. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe Geldy. Maybe that's what I, I understand that Geldy used to have a deep, uh, like a Westbrook Van Voorhees voice. And then Joe turned him on to the shaving your ball stuff, which we heard Geldy was getting a lot of action. Maybe that's the reason why. I can't think of any other reason. Plus being hung like a, like a uh, crocodile. What a place this is, man. I'm surrounded by perverts. I'll tell you one thing. You know how sick this place is? When I'm the one that's normal, okay, by comparison, you know this is a sick goddamn place. Yeah, these people, I'm going to tell you again, guys who shave the hair off their body parts. See, that man's a freak. Exactly. I couldn't say it better myself. Guys who shave, that, that, to answer the guy that called before, because I have seen a few peer in my time. And if I encountered a guy with shaved gonads, I would immediately say, See, that man's a freak. And run like hell the other way. Now, that, folks, is what I grew up listening to. That was legendary Neil Rogers and George Rodriguez going back and forth there on one of the funniest skits uh, or moments on, I think, Neil Rogers' uh, show. Men who shave their balls. See, that's the kind of talk radio that this medium down here in Miami is missing with all the, uh, you know, shenanigans, uh, that happened over the last few years. And I used that word lightly, uh, where one network bought everybody out and now it's like all this, uh, corporate radio on AM radio and there's nobody that has the co, the cojones to talk like that anymore. And Neil Rogers was, uh, with George on a sports network of all things and uh you, you can't you, you can't get away with saying stuff like that on AM radio anymore without FCC just kicking you the hell out i mean you honestly i mean especially now with the way you know the 
cancel culture is. Imagine if uh, the, somebody would have heard something like that. Oh, my goodness. Uh, somebody would have had a field day just uh, running, running away with that because it, it seems like the way with uh, the way people are today, we've all lost our sense of humor. Uh, you, you know, I, I laugh when I watch uh, Dave Chappelle do stand-up, but uh, so many people have, you know, now issues with, like, things he says. It's like, are you serious? You know, people now have issues with, like, you know, Richard Pryor and George Carlin, and, uh, you know, I'm looking at it, you know, are you serious? These are legends, and people are trying to, like, cancel them because they said controversial shit, you know, like, who cares? Who cares if they said some controversial stuff? And Neil Rogers was an expert at doing that. He would get, like, little things and just run with it for, like, five, ten minutes. And uh, George was the same way. I mean, they they were experts at doing things like that. And and the reason I, I wanted to play that clip first is because they, you know, that cracked me up. And it really reminded me of the first couple times I set in with George and just took in you know, the personality in uh, in person. Because, you know, once you listen to somebody on radio for a long time, you have a built-in idea of what they look like, what they are like, how their mannerisms are. Because you don't know them in real life. You just hear them on radio. And when you see them in person, a lot, a lot of times, most of the time, they're nothing like you hear the voice. The voice hides the face. That's why sometimes you see somebody, and you're like, holy shit, you sound completely different on, on, on radio. Uh, and, you know, that happened, uh, a lot, I'm sure. And, uh, with George, it wasn't like that. When I met George, the face fit the body and fit the, the look. It was kind of ironic. It was like a complete package. And I was like, yeah, that's definitely, uh, George. Uh, there's no mistake in that. And of course, I had known what he looked like from pictures and stuff, uh, from years before. But, uh, the, you know, when I would sit in and just, you know, actually, you know, see him, uh, do the show, and, and uh, a few times I was able to go in and just uh, not be on the air, but just I would get there a little bit late, so I didn't want to interrupt, and I would just sit back and, and watch. And uh, it was like watching a master at work. It really was. Uh, and th- this was when he was doing like shows like By the Glass and all these other shows. I never really got to see Tony C's Groovathon. Or sit in with them, and that, and I was, you know, uh, reminiscing with uh, Tony about that. That that, that really was uh, something that I was kind of like, you know, down about because I, I really, they, I really liked that show. I thought they were doing, you know, some cool stuff and playing good music and having fun. And I always wanted to go by and check out the, you know, the stuff as they were doing and join in. But the man, the distance was so far, and I never really got uh, around to it or, or was able. Uh, to participate in any of those shows, but, um, you know, it, it is what it is now, and, uh, you, you know, it's uh, funny how time flies. Ten years. Incredible. Uh, let's see. Oh, this is oh, this is really funny. So speaking of uh, funny uh, moments and little uh, quick bumpers, uh, this is not even a minute long, but uh, this is George teaching us how to play mouth guitar. Available for the first time, a special instructional series that will teach you to play mouth guitar. You never learned to play a musical instrument, but that's okay. In no time, you'll be playing mouth guitar. Learn these classics of the mouth guitar. Smoke on the water. Satisfaction. 
And Inagata DeVita, the long version. Add a little reverb. Buzz tone. Wah wah. Play country mouth guitar. Order now and get this special bonus the quintessential desk drummer. Mouth guitar and desk drumming. No batteries, amplifiers, chords, or talent required. See, it's stuff like that that is missing from radio. That's talent, folks. Uh, just uh, something little and quick, and they made a whole skit on that. Uh, by the way, I, that's, uh, I believe that's uh, from uh, Boca Brit and uh, George uh, together on that one. Uh, hysterical stuff. Mouth guitar. Uh, there's so many funny clips. Let me see, there's, um, actually, you know what, this one is uh, one of the longer ones I wanted to get to. This is uh, George talking about Sud, it's about 10 minutes long, this is uh, the tribute show, and there, you know, this is pretty in-depth on uh, the, the way that, you know, they, that George kind of looked at uh, meeting Suds and uh, getting uh, to uh, really get into the uh, industry of broadcasting, which is funny because it's very similar to like how I got into like the whole thing. I was, you know, we we're both Cuban. We both got here and uh, started listening to radio and uh, at an early age, and we both got interested in the medium. Funny enough, uh, you know, I'm, I've been nicknamed the Jackal since the '90s. And one of the things that uh, George uh, told me when I first met him a decade ago was, hey, man, what are the car you the jackal? And I told him the story. And he goes to me, you know what? Check this out. And he pulled out a drawing that he had of an Egyptian jackal. And I was like, oh, cool. And he goes, I made that in high school. And um, I took a picture of it with my phone, which I still have. And he goes, um, they used to call me the jackal. And I was, you know, I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, yeah, that's why I drew that, because when I was in, in, in school, that was the nickname they called me, George the Jackal. And, uh, I, you know, we were cracking up, and I was like, no shit, I didn't. Well, you know, you know, major coincidence, but uh, there was yeah, a lot of things like that that kind of, like, uh, you know, bonded me and George. You know, our love for Star Wars was another thing we, you know, no matter what politically we thought of, the candidates we, uh, you know, we supported, uh, you know, it didn't matter. We always got back to, like, basic. So, uh, Star Wars, what's going on? You know, and we were, like, just uh, geek out and talk about Star Wars for a little bit. Uh, you know, it was one of those friendships that even if I didn't talk to him for several months, it didn't matter. You know, once we we spoke, it was, uh, like, uh, uh, like, you know, no time had passed. And, uh, you know, we had a, a lot of shared kind of experiences, you know, in, in our lives, which I think is some that helped uh, bond me. And, uh, again, he was one of my mentors, so I, yeah, I looked up to him, even though he's a, a, he was a lot shorter than than I am. And he actually technically looked up to me, but I looked up to him in a, you know, more of a mentor way. But, uh, you know, you, you catch what I'm saying. But uh, this is the uh, the clip where he's talking about suds. Uh, again, it's about ten minutes long, but it's uh, really interesting stuff. And again, uh, it's uh, uh, you know something reminiscing to uh, what I you know personally experienced, which is one why I wanted to play it. And it kind of shows you the beginnings of what 
George eventually evolved into. I have a display case in the other in the other room there that has um, the radio. Uh, one shelf has the radio memorabilia, the broadcasting Hall of Fame stuff, and then the other shelf has the um, like Cuba and stuff. And Rick Shaw's hat is on the Cuba shelf. Why? Because I started listening to South Florida radio when I was in Cuba. So there's a little picture of me still in Cuba next to Rick Shaw's hat because that's where my history with radio in South Florida began. But then I moved to Montana. And what does this have to do with Rick and Suds? That's the first time I heard Suds, Rick and Suds, was they were on radio in Spokane. And we had a joke, you know, what's the best radio station? And we would always name some Spokane radio station because in Libby, Montana, the station that I wound up working on, was not popular amongst the young folks. Let's just put it that way. All right? The kids didn't dig it, Dad. <laughs> it was your parents' old Oldsmobile. So we would listen when the sun went down. We would listen to uh, other radio stations that would come in in the evening, and uh, you know, Rick and Suds. And as a kid, you hear a lot of people on the radio, and, and I don't know about you, but to me, they were like gods. They were... They were huge, and I never thought that I would be on the radio or anything like that. It's like watching a movie and thinking, yeah, right, I'm going to be a movie star. I'm not going to be a movie star. And I would listen to the radio and think the same thing. Um, here are these stars. Here are these godlike stars on the radio. And I, I thought it was funny later on when I would come down to South Florida. And I'm like, hey, I'm listening to Rick Shaw all over again. And I listen to Rick Shaw all over again now as a young man, as an adult, when I return to South Florida on Waxy. Waxy okay, and what do I hear on Waxy? Rick and Suds. Say hey, what? wait a minute. I was. Are they following me? Did they follow me from the Northwest down here? These guys are great. These guys are hysterical. Wonderful. And then I get a job in radio, which <laughs> could have floored me. I get a job in radio, and I'm working overnight with Larry. You know playing the Larry King tapes, and I'm working weekends. And in those days, and this is something that will never exist anymore, Gary Bruce, who who used to hate me and I used to hate him, and Gary Bruce, <laughs> two things about Gary Bruce having to do with Suds. All right? Gary Bruce, I'm going to say good things about him because Suds, <laughs> and it's weird, Suds got me to not quit when Gary Bruce was trying to get me to quit. And he would have been successful if not for Suds. But Gary Bruce was largely responsible for the quality talk radio that we appreciated in those days, especially in retrospect. The people that lament that radio doesn't exist the way that it used to, all right? The people that remember what radio was like in those glory days, that lineup that's part of the montage that I show that has Neil, Rick and Suds, Randy Rhodes, and Phil Hendry all sitting at the same table together, all right? That was Gary Bruce, all right? That was why that happened. Gary Bruce always actively pursued new and interesting talent from other markets. He would steal talent from other markets. He would audition them here. He would hear things that he thought might fly in South Florida, and he would fly them in and audition them here. And I don't know if they bought Rick and Suds a ticket or something. I'll you know, find out eventually. But uh, he would fly them in, and people would come in uh, and do a weekend do a Saturday and Sunday, and sometimes I would never see them again. So I never thought much about the people that would come in and do a weekend or two or three. I thought they were just coming to South Florida on vacation <laughs> and were trying to finance their vacation, a lot of these acts that came through. And one of these acts, that came through and spent the weekend and then went away, and I didn't think that I would ever see them again, much to my surprise, was Rick and Suds. 
their their audition, their tryout show on WIOD. Here I am, part timer, part timer, and here come these guys, and I'm like, no way! And I don't know if Rick remembers how gushy and starstruck I was because getting my job in radio the first time that I mean I didn't work I didn't get to meet Rick Shaw then but the first people that I met I mean, eventually I would meet the Y100 people like like Kid Curry and G Michael I would meet all those people eventually but the first radio stars from my childhood and my young years that I met as a radio employee as a part-timer were Rick and Suds and I thought <laughs> you know, I was, I couldn't stop giggling. I'm bored up in freaking studs. That's awesome. It's total radio dorking out. Because this was like, this was the first time that me working in radio made me feel like I'm on Mount Olympus. I used to look up to Mount Olympus, and now I'm, I, I work here. I work on Mount Olympus. Yo, I might not be a god, but... I sweep up for them, you know? <laughs> I, I carry their water. That's something. You know, yeah, I might be the piss boy among the gods, but I get to live on Olympus, and it was very exciting for me. And it was on that occasion when I first noticed how Buddha-like this Suds person was. He gave out a palpable aura of peace and tranquility and love and, and humor that, that wasn't subtle. And he walked into the room and everybody felt immediately better before he even said anything. And then he would speak and say funny, funny things. And it was amazing to be in, in the presence with uh, with this guy. And and Rick, for all the the, the drama and, like, there's so much drama that came later when uh, the people that were following the soap opera in those days remember a lot of back and forth between... Rick, mostly Rick and Neil, Rick and this person, Rick and Alex Bennett, which, by the way, great going, Rick. Rick and, Rick and George, you know? <laughs> I was having some conflicts with Rick because, you know, hey, welcome to radio. Do you have an ego yet? Well, I don't know. So, well, you better get one because everybody else has one. So I, I grew an ego. Yeah. Go, go. If I had the ability to do I'd take you out of here right now and kick your goddamn teeth in. And oh, I thought you were going to play the one oh, with Rick's response. The, the response with Rick's response was, was I think uh, ability is the operative words. So, yeah, yeah, don't uh, don't right. set yourself up like that, Alex. Continue, I'll find it. No, no worries. So, it was, it, you know, regardless of how uh, Rick eventually became, because that was the whole thing. Every time you know Rick and Suds uh, got a new contract and Rick got a raise, he would turn into more of an asshole. Remember that being said, uh, you know, probably by me. Um, and guitar man. And, well, and, and I, I tell people, look, even I might have said something different then, but these days uh, I acknowledge quite plainly that you can't you can't do this kind of thing unless you have an ego. What's the difference between self confidence and a big ego? It's really just. Uh, you know, a euphemism. You have to be really, really full of yourself to go on the air and do what they did. And especially Rick, Rick as the driver of the show, as the straight man. Uh, a lot of people don't give him enough credit for being able to do all of the talking and all of the really heavy lifting to allow Suds to choose his moments carefully, which is what was going on when Rick was doing all the talking, is Suds was sitting there cooking up something funny to say. And watching them if you ever did watch them work together they they were already in sync by the time they did that weekend fill-in show with me i could tell that they were already in sync they were synchronositous 
I'm just making up news words. Yeah. They were they they knew when the other person was going to talk. And it took Neil and I years to get there and then more, another year, when he went to Toronto so where I could tell by the way he was breathing whether or not he was pausing. Uh, but Rick and Suds had that synchronicity down. The only, the only time where I saw radio synchronicity in all my years producing shows for other people, including two-person acts. The only time where I saw synchronicity like that, where people were in tune with what, like, as if they knew what the other person was going to say and were right there in the pocket with the line for the other person. The only time when I've ever observed that kind of synchronicity is when Phil Hendry is having a conversation with himself. Okay, that's and and understand something when you're when you're doing two characters and you, then you do know what the other character is going to say and you it isn't it isn't physically possible to interrupt yourself. All right, so that's the only time when I heard somebody you know a two person team interrupt themselves less is when it's Phil Hendry talking to himself and uh, and he'll be on okay, later I, on. I, I found the that. Alex. Back. Okay, do the thing. You come on here mm-hmm. and you bash me. No, and it's very obvious. You two guys are out of work, and you want the afternoon shift around here. It's the most tasteless thing I've ever heard in my life. And I'm driving to work. I have a show to do, and I'm getting ticked off at you. Call if, I, if, I had the, if I had the ability to do, I'd take you out here right now and kick your goddamn teeth in. Well, I think ability is probably the key word. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and we will never. I have to explain to the kids, and hopefully. I'm going to stop doing that as I get older, explaining things to the kids. This is why old people become hermits. Not going to happen. To, to save their family from themselves. So that they know they know that they're turning into boring old people with the stories of the ancient times that nobody cares about. That's why they run off into the woods, <laughs> which is um, what I plan to do one day. When we do the anniversary show and I catch people up, it's like, you're planning on doing what? Yeah. I'm planning on doing doing lots of things. And there you go, folks. Uh, that's uh, an excellent clip that really tells you, you know, how he uh, looked at his uh, his mentors. And I could definitely relate to that. I mean, like I said, you know, he was uh, one of my mentors. Uh, you know, Neil was also, and uh, Art, Phil. Brittany, uh, you know, you know, n- n- not Spears, Summers, Brittany Summers, Boca, Boca, Boca Brian. Uh, you know, these are people that I grew up listening to, and uh, it, it's it's ironic that it kind of mirrors, um, you know, his experience getting into radio. But uh, you know, it's interesting. You know, it, we we tend to like overlook certain people sometimes when they're in our lives, and. You know, we only reflect on how important it was to who we are today. Uh, you know, only do we kind of sometimes realize how important they are until when they ask you, they're gone. And uh, I think a lot of people realized that when they lost uh, George. And that's why there's a lot of people that came together and started to, uh, you know, do like uh, a lot of tributes and whatnot. And uh, it takes a you know a special person to uh, continuously have folks want to do tributes. I know the guys of the of uh, the Amigos show on Sirius wanted to put something together, but uh, you know they're on Sirius XM, and I don't know how they how much liberty they have with or, you know with their programming. But uh, shout outs to them, by the way. 
And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's sad when you lose a friend or a father or a loved one or, uh, you know, nowadays when you lose anybody, because, uh, you know, it's been the, that kind of year. We've had a record number of deaths in this uh, country, and uh, according to experts, uh, next year's not going to be uh, a whole lot of fun either. So buckle up, boys and girls. It's not looking pretty in 2021. And uh, just because you think that, uh, you know, uh, this, there might be a change in uh, the Oval Office, that that's going to make a difference. <clears throat> Careful what you wish for, because you just might get it. All right, I got another clip for you. This is uh, George has a dream, and Scotty Mac has two stories to tell. Another really funny clip. I thought that uh, you guys would get a kick out of this. By the way, I had a dream, uh, studio dreams, radio people. Everybody dreams about their work. I had a dream that uh, I was running around with the backup battery, the one that's under the table over here. You know, I got a giant backup battery system that will run this whole place during the apocalypse. It's huge. It weighs a ton, and I'm not lying. I just just dare anyone to move it, budget it all. But in my dream, I'm running around with it. And it's still heavy as hell, but, you know, in a dream, somehow I can still... It hurts, and it's awful to carry, but somehow I'm still able to carry it. And don't ask me why. I think somebody wanted it. Somebody wanted my big, expensive backup battery, and I had to, like, keep running away from people and hiding it, and you can't have the battery. <laughs> That's an amazing dream, George. I mean, yeah, I mean, not a computer, not a <laughs> bag of gold, thing. not my stash, nothing. A big backup battery, because it's expensive, and it's really... You cannot have my battery. But it weighs like it's made out of the solid, the core of the sun. That's what it weighs like. <laughs> <laughs> It's really heavy. So Scotty Mack has some notes here. Crazy person living out in Pembroke Pines. What uh, what sort of evil things did you write down on your piece of paper? No, no. This was just stuff I wanted to bring up to you uh, oh, on, on the show. So I basically oh, excellent. Have, All right. I thought I, I evil, touched on uh, a lot of things here. All right. So start touching. <laughs> <laughs> that side of the table. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I touched her dad. There you go. Mm-hmm. Now touch this. <laughs> no, fire away, man. You went to all that trouble writing something Well, I, I actually have a very funny story about um, two funny stories. We'll see if we can get them in. Okay, I'll, we'll be the judge. Right, there you go. If they're funny. Oh, okay. Right. Well, what two are, stories. It's me and my new wife. Okay. And uh, actually, a few weeks before uh, I got married, I had I was using uh, I, I was using cortisone cream. And I, I had okay. a very, very, uh, I'm not going to get into exactly where it was located, but okay. I had a very annoying itch, okay? <laughs> so, um, I, I am, I am, I am, I am, I'm, I'm in a private area. Oh, I'm in a private area, applying, trying to apply this uh, cortisone cream. Okay, it's a funny story already. I'm, I'm, this, just... I'm this annoying itch, okay? <laughs> so, anyway. I, I put this on, and all of a sudden, um, it starts burning me. And I'm like, cortisone cream is not supposed to burn you like this, okay? Right. And I mean, and uh, it is it is extremely hot. I'm like, what is going on here? I feel like I'm, I'm burning a hole in my whole hole. In, in, in my, my yeah, exactly. In myself, yes. So uh, then uh, I turned over the tube, and it was... Minty fresh toothpaste oh, wow. with a burst of of uh, scope mouthwash. With fun. <laughs> <laughs> Were you applying it in the dark, Scotty Mac? <laughs> so um, anyway, I swear to God, like two weeks after that, after two days after I'm married, 
my my brand new wife says, I'm going to go and um, brush my teeth. She okay. goes into our little bag, our travel bag. She pulls out a, a tube, goes in and brushes her teeth. Oh, and, no. And all of a sudden, swear to God, she's like, oh, my God, this must be really old toothpaste or something. This is terrible. <laughs> this is this is gross. But she doesn't stop. She continues to brush her teeth and her tongue and... <laughs> All that stuff. Excuse me. Oh, I need she, a mask. She continues to brush her teeth and tongue, and then all, she goes, this is ridiculous. This is terrible. She turns over the tube, extra strength cortisone cream. She was using your crotch cream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what's her teeth Oh, my God. That's so a funny good. story. I'll grant you that. And still, she married you. They, well, that was after. Oh, that she was after? So I'm like, welcome to my life. Right. Exactly. That, so I, this is what I do. I don't Here's understand how you people, I mean, because I got a tube of, uh, like, Cordate or something like that. I, it's clearly marked. It's big. It's, yeah. It's cordate. I, I, I don't know why I didn't. It doesn't have a little look, minty sparkle. But, but now I, 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 I am, am actually making the, the new rule now that there should be toothpaste should only come in big sizes. Big tubes. Well, no, no you need to travel. You need to travel. No. Size. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you. I'm, I'm telling you. I thought it was. A, I thought it was my, my little quarter. My brother. My brother. Rest in peace. Uh, who, who used to live here one time? He brushed his teeth with Brill cream. And by the way, it's true what they say. A little dab will do, will do you. you. Yeah, yeah, it did him. It did him in. Hi, that was nasty. Unlike unlike the wife there, your wife there, he he stopped right away. It started spitting it out into the sink. It's yeah, obviously not toothpaste. So of course on the tube it says call poison control immediately. You oh know. really? Oh yeah, if you inject it or ingest it or All swallow right. it. And so I call poison control and and the uh, and. The paramedics were there in like 30 seconds. I'm like, I really? didn't call you guys. But apparently our townhouse, like when you call 911, oh, it, just automatically... it immediately just sends a, a thing out mm. to the paramedics and they show up. And my wife is like, I just brushed my teeth with cortisone cream. And you're like, <laughs> what? <laughs> that's, all, that's all I did. <laughs> so What's anyway. Deal? But, uh, <coughs> yeah, that, that's, that's, that's one of the stories. That was one, have, uh, only one. That's we, great. That's a tough we, one to top. We have, a, we have a second story? We have time for a second story? I, I insist. So, so I, I went to, um, now I, I know you probably have gone to a urologist. This was years ago. I went to my urologist. No. First, first time. Answer, you, never. You've never gone to I've a never urologist? Gone, I don't know what the well, inside might, of your... Well, you might not want to go regular, to a urologist after I, this story. I have a regular doctor. But you, I've never had anything wrong there. You need now, I have friends yeah. that have gone to the urologist, and they came back with this prescription that said, masturbate more. <laughs> and they said, because uh, they were having trouble, and just real real quick, I'm not going to go into any details, they were having trouble with their with their flow. Right. And they went to a urologist, That's a female me. urologist, which I have a dilemma. It's like, okay. male or female, I don't want a man touching my junk, but if a female's touching it, you know, uh, uh, you know that might, uh, anyway. Um, I will not give it to you. So I, said, so I said, well, I don't have any trouble with my flow. And he said, well, I went to the doctor, the female urologist, and she said that your prostate is uh, enlarged because you're not orgasming enough. You need right. to have more of them. So you need to, that's just, that is true. Just write down permission. It's like you got to whack it more. Do more. And I said, uh, and, and so he said, so George, you got to make sure. And, and I said, I, I can't whack it more. They would have to add more hours at the end of the day or something. I would I'd have to quit my job to do it more. So anyway, so go ahead with your urologist story. So, yeah, I, I come in and I actually had a, a, a problem with my flow. I was taking really? like two and a half minutes to, to pee. So what's wrong with you kids that aren't jerking your? No 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 no, 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 that wasn't it. Okay, all right. Okay. Can't wait to find so, out what it was. Then. So, um, so anyway, I came in to the urologist first time, and uh, I told them, you know, I have a problem with what I think is inside my urethra. 
Of course. Are you reaching Franklin? And so, um, anyway, I go in there, and the, the nurse <laughs> the nurse comes in. She goes, take all take off all your clothes. Of course. And I'm like, ah. <laughs> so um, I said, okay. She goes, um, go ahead and put this gown on, and I need you to stand right here with your hands on the, uh, you know, those little beds, and your butt facing out the window. So um, I'm standing there. I'm like, okay. Well, well, I can't well, wait well, for my why, turn. Why, why, can, why can't I stand over this way? She goes, no, 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 no. You have to stand right here in this position. So I said, okay. She's going to get a running start or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so in the other room buttering her head. So then I said, are you coming back in? She goes, no, the doctor will be back. I'm like, oh. Well, nice, nice hot little cheek as she was. Yeah. But um, anyway, the doctor comes in, and he, he's, he's like, uh, okay. And so uh, the whole time I'm waiting for the doctor, I look out, George, and yeah. there's windows here that my sure. butt is hanging out there's no curtains on the right, windows like our, we have a public restroom here in the studios too you you do everything in public right and there's a the there's floor. a medical building next door to this building that i'm in right so, so people are coming in and out of right. the building you're mooning them all yeah, yeah and my butt is totally hanging out there so and because they told me to take everything off so anyway he comes in he goes scotty how are you? I'm going to go ahead and put this glove on. And I'm mm-hmm. like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm putting this glove on yeah, because I'm going, going to ha- I'm going to have to put this inside your ass. Yes. So basically I said, well, I'm here for my penis, not right. for my ass. Well, that's, he's, <laughs> so, I mean, the, 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 he's got to come at the back. He's coming at it from the back. Right. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm having a problem peeing. Right. You know, not, not anything out in the back. Oh, end. They do that. So yeah. anyway. I heard this story. He, he goes ahead and puts his glove on. And he's he's he and so anyway before he's doing this he's up prepared here comes I'm looking out the window here comes a woman with a, like a three year old kid sure. walking into the uh, the building next door and you know the kid's like hey mom there's a guy's naked ass out there hanging out the window yeah so so anyway he comes in, comes in he puts his glove in on and so yeah, he puts it in, and puts it in, puts it into my butt and I'm like oh my god the whole thing he just fisted you man yeah. <laughs> and, and 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 yeah wiggling got, fingers while he was in there. <laughs> <laughs> the guy basically says, Scotty, Scotty, would you like to have a glass of water? <laughs> no, but a cigarette. <laughs> like, you know, and I look at him, I'm like, are you serious? Are, you, like seriously a- are you seriously asking that? I said, no, Doc, I'd like you to take your hand out of my ass. That's what I'd like you to do. And this whole time that he's doing this, of course, that you, you would think that a guy would be irritated. What am I thinking of? I'm thinking of... There's somebody now walking into that building, sure. and now they're seeing a guy's hand is inside right. my ass. Yeah, up to his elbow. Right. Like he's birthing a cow. I like it. Smiling. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, this continues, and he finally takes his hand out of my ass. Okay. And so, right, right, there you go. And I'm like, now, when are we going to get to the penis? Because this is what yeah. I'm, I, I'm here for my penis, not right. for the ass. I really want you touching my penis now, not <laughs> after the fisting. Right. <laughs> so, You're going to finish he, me, right? So he leaves, and he comes back in with a literally metal rod. And oh, longer God. Than this, oh, longer, God. longer than this. Okay? <laughs> this long metal rod, and I'm thinking, all of a sudden, you know, before I start getting fearful thoughts, I go, hey, wait a minute. Maybe they're going to put up some curtains on the window. This is a curtain rod. It's a curtain rod, yes. And and so we can cover my ass and every part of the rest of my body, you know. So no, he goes. Uh, I said, "What are you going to do with it? I'm going to stick this up inside your penis, Scotty." <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 was it threaded? Were there barbs or? And I'm like, I'm a, and I'm like, 
<laughs> and I know you, you, you and I know this, but you know us guys, we have little slits on the side, on the end I, I, of our pants. Yes, yes, and so we can't, we, you can't fit a uh, like a, like a pin there. inside yeah. that, let alone a big uh, right. no, metal yeah. rod. Pee barely comes out of it. That's right. it. <laughs> exactly. So I said, wait a minute, Doc. I got a question How for you. How big around was this rod? <laughs> How thick? How thick? It, 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 it's like hard a to pencil? explain. I'm, no, 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 no. It was like this. It's like that thick. It was, it was this. It's like that. Okay, so anyway, I said. That's thicker than a pencil. There you go. I said, I got a question for you, Doc. He goes, okay, what? what is it? I go, you offered me a glass of water when you put your hand inside my ass. What are you going to offer me now when you put that curtain rod inside my dick? Glass of morphine? (laughs) Glass of cocaine? That's that's my story. But he put the rod in your penis. Uh, He did, and basically basically they, they determined that I had a scar tissue in my urethra. From from a dog could, bite? No, it could have been anything. From riding a bike when I was seven with those those bars where you fall you were, down on the bar. Oh, we always wondered about that. Yeah, there you we go. We jammed our taint so many times. From wrestling when I was thirteen and fourteen, wrestling the uh, admission. Oh, and, and I warn people. I warn people about wrestling too. You're always getting hit in the taint when you wrestle. There you go. So. So that's it. So you're better now. So, no, you... no, I still have scar tissue in my. And so I have still... to go through a procedure like every two years. Why does it hurt when I pee? Frank Zappa song, you know. No, it, it doesn't sting. That. It just oh, takes it just a while takes to pee. So yeah. eventually I might have to get a new urethra. So yeah. I... <laughs> God, where do you get one of those? Organ yeah, donor, a carcass, you kill you the corpse, somebody dies with a really nice urethra. Right, exactly. You go on a list? Because like, we, no, we got a, a kid, you know, kid kidney. One of our friends, Chris Hudspeth, just donated a kidney. Yeah. You know, I wonder, is that a thing that, like, cause, uh, somebody could donate? No, I don't know how, I really don't know how they do it. I, all I know is that it takes, like, five months to rehab. Do they take out the scar section and then just, like, close the gaps? Or I have no idea. Rehab where no question, you're probably going to have to be wearing one of those bags, right? <laughs> No, not not, not bypass, the, no. Actually, guys? you do have to. You, not the you the do catheter. have to, the catheter for about two weeks when you do the procedure. Yeah, sounds like a nightmare. I'm really glad I took care of my taint. Uh, now, now, and that uh, and that I managed well, to get it off. Well, I, th- I thought I thought mine was taken care of. I mean, I, who would have known that I would have this? <laughs> great I'm gonna go life. masturbate during the next. <laughs> break. I'm so very fond of the the state of my. Flow. <laughs> Thank you. You're right. Those were both very very funny stories. Thank God, you, sir. You should, uh, you should blog on your website. On yeah, your yeah, website. yeah. I will, man. I have I have I have a lot more funnier stories and. Uh... And that, well, oh, you're coming back again. Uh, plug your plug all your ventures real quick before we. Uh, every, yeah, every, every, everything high school sports. Uh, uh, 1470 a.m. Monday nights this week in Broward County sports and uh, coming up very soon. Uh, Talkingsmack.com. TalkingSmack.com. Well, you have all kinds of drops. and yeah, that's Over, I think. over should, hundreds of my smackisms, and there will be uh, my drawings, should, funny drawings. You should blog on there, because your life is one big adventure. Yeah, funny stories, the whole bit. Sure. And I would like to have you a link to, to this to this we'll wonderful uh, company here. Right on, SoFloRadio.com, where, you know, the only place where radio is going on. It's Non-sports. You know, you sports guys. Right, you got, right. Sports holes. Right-wing politics and sports. That's all you got on the uh, AM dial in this time. <laughs> you're lucky that uh, that you're into one of those two things. You you know, if I was, I'd have a job in regular radio. That's right, because you're a liberal. You're like I'm, me. Not, you're, you're liberal. Well, I'm, I'm left of center, but I don't like those kinds of labels because I'm okay, very, you're moderate liberal. I'm, I'm pro. Well, I don't believe in two compass points, north and east. I just don't. You know, I have a lot of. Uh, I believe in small government, uh, the right to bear arms, things like that. So, but I, I, you know, but I don't like the evil Republicans. That's a fact. That's true. They are evil and uh, and bad. But I will say that when, when the uh, sports uh, talk show guys, when they do get out of the sports and talk about general topics. I'd say for the most part, they're very, very good at it. 
Some of them. I, yeah. wanna, I, I mean, uh, Olbermann is a, a good oh, example. Yeah. He was yeah. a sports guy. Sure. And Pharrell. Pharrell's fun when he's not talking about games on the Pharrell's fantastic, but yeah. We, you know. Did you have Pharrell, Pharrell on here? Pharrell, yeah, he's been on several times. As a matter of wow. fact, my good friend Scott. He and I saved a life together, don't you know? I did not. I don't make shit up. I don't have to. My life's an adventure, too. should compare notes. I can't blog about half the shit that I do, though. You saved a life with him? I've saved a life with him. I've saved two lives altogether. Saved Adam Kirshner's life. That's the killer cabinet. That cut Adam Kirshner, and we had to call the uh, paramedics. We had to call 911. Oh, my Did God. You know that? That hey, I ran into blood. Adam like two weeks ago. He was at the memorial service in the after party. Yeah, I, so he, I, I, did not see, I did not see him there. I was only there for like 40 minutes, We're but I did see together. Adam at 940. We're going to get back together and uh, start doing ill shit again. Beautiful. Like we used to in the olden days. Scotty, it's always a pleasure having you here. Same, same here, George. Siamese Blue coming up next on SoFloRadio.com. Oh, that's the kind of humor that I'm going to miss listening to uh, from George man, and uh, the the people that surrounded his uh, community. That was awesome. Awesome clip. I, I, I crack up every time I hear that uh, Scotty Mac uh, story. Uh, there's, uh, you know, you could fill up uh, probably like 10 hours minimum of shows, uh, you know, and uh, clips and stuff that uh, George had done, even uh, after the Neil Rogers era, you know, uh, passed. And uh, uh, he was a crack-up, man. Uh, I tell you what, there'll never be another one like George, like there'll never be another one like Neil, like there'll never be another one like Art. Uh, you know, the greats come in generations. And, uh, you know, like I said on uh, Sabrina's show, very underappreciated radio personality and uh you know in the miami market uh like george said on that clip uh you know there's unless you do sports uh you, you really are you, you're nobody down here that, and that's why uh radio's dead in this market because you know you really have to pander to the sports uh empires and just do sports 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 Unless you're doing some uh, political stuff on uh, WIOD on weekends and, and and late night and stuff like that, and I think that's like the only station that still kind of does political stuff. Uh, you know, they they carry uh, coast to coast AM overnight with uh, George Norrie and uh, everybody else that does the show there with them. Um, I know they carry Glenn Beck. Uh, let's see, who else? Uh, Rush, I think, yeah, Rush though is uh, carried by the WIOD, and uh, a few, you know, there's a lot, a lot of folks that are still carried uh, on WIOD, but that's like the only one I think. The rest are all like sports driven, and I don't listen to F FM radio anymore. FM has been dead to me for years. I just uh, I can't listen to you know new music nowadays. Is like there's very few songs that I really like. Uh, and, uh, you know, hip hop is, uh, man, is taking a hit over the last couple of, uh, two decades at least. Uh, hip hop died when Tupac and Biggie died, let's be honest. It's, uh, been garbage ever since. But you know what's not been garbage? And still holds the test of time. Speaking of Fresh Limbaugh, this is another really funny clip. Uh, you know, speaking of going full circle, we're gonna, I'm going to play this uh, this first Limbaugh impression, which is absolutely hysterical. Uh, you know, when I was on Dark Matter, I worked with Art, uh, obviously Art Bell, and the uh, 
you know, we were his lead-in show for a couple of, uh, of you know, a few months until he retired again. I think it was like, what, five, six months, something like that. And uh, as the entire time that we were his lead-in show, um, one thing that always kind of cracked me up was that Keith Rowland, the guy who produced for art and did the website and stuff on Dark Matter Digital, he got started with Rush Limbaugh. And he discovered art because he was listening to the radio and he heard Art Bell. And he's like, oh, I, you know, I want, I want to work with this guy. I like his show. Uh, but he was originally a, a Rush Limbaugh a guy. He worked on his website and did production for him. And, you know, talk about a full circle. Uh, you know, shout-outs to Keith Rowland, who's an absolute gentleman, and I got to work with him also. Really, really cool guy. I mean, uh, standout individual. And another very unappreciated, you know, personality in the world of radio. Uh, just because I think he was a little bit shyer and uh, kept, uh, uh, you know, away from uh, even being on air as much. Uh, because he wasn't, uh, he, you know, he's still with us. But he, he's, you know, he has his time on radio with art and stuff. You know, he was always more like a behind-the-scenes type of guy. And, uh, you know, we used to tease him, me and Nancy Burns, that he should, you know, do his own show or get on air more. Because he, he had a good radio voice, and he's very charismatic and a really cool guy. And I don't know why Keith never pursued that, but uh, he is uh, a really cool dude. And it's funny because... Again, he was uh, somebody who I got to know very well. He worked with Art, got to work with Art, got to work with George, uh, got to have, I think, one conversation in my life with Phil Hendry, uh, and then he blocked me on Facebook for some ungodly reason. I still don't know why. Um, but funny enough, there's this really uh, hysterical comedy impression of Rush Limbaugh that when I was looking through the uh, SoFlo vault, I found, and I was like, ah, i got to play this tonight, uh, in tribute to my friend George. Right after the clip, we're going to go on break, come back, and continue the show. So check out the Rush Limbaugh impression, and we'll be back uh, shortly. Up, up, up. One Democrat down, and a few more million to go, my friends. <laughs> Thanks to one brave Republican practicing his God-given right to take everything I say as truth. Yeah, I want to thank all my loyal diddleheads for obeying my words. Words of homespun hatred that are protected by the supplicant media and FCC. Piddle up. Joining me on the phone direct from my very own slice of Limbaugh heaven is Tim Dale Johnson, the gunman and Republican hero who shot and killed Arkansas Democratic Party chairman Bill Watney. Great work in the service of Rush and God. Thank you, Rush. Yeah, man. I'll see you then. You know, we need more courageous Republicans like you, my friend. It's too bad you're dead. Well, good brother, it's the least I can do to get this great country of ours on the wrong track. The Elza Rush has a devil put aside for you, my friend. Thanks, Rush. Well, I gotta go now. I got some work burning into my skull. The Republican Party will miss you. And I'm gonna miss my crystal bed. Huddle up and toodle you, my friend. I'll hang up and listen. <laughs> I want all little heads within the sound of my voice from the comfort of my Palm Beach mansion to placate your ignorance by killing all Democrats before it's too late. It don't look good for us in November, my friends. So, if we can't beat the Democrats, my friends, kill them! Kill them all! Hee-hee! <laughs> 
UFOs are found in Renaissance art, on ancient coins, and etched on cave walls. They're even reported in the Bible. But more surprising is when UFOs are seen the most in times of war. Through centuries, thousands of UFO sightings have been made by high-ranking officials, military pilots, and ordinary soldiers. Often, these fantastic appearances occur at the height of great battles. From World War I to D-Day to Korea, Vietnam, and beyond, military investigators are baffled. Why do UFO sightings spike so drastically during wartime? Could it be mistaken aircraft? Or is someone or something looking in on us? In UFOs in wartime, what they didn't want you to know, Mac Maloney chronicles centuries of these incredible sightings and tries to solve the puzzle of why so many UFOs are seen while humanity is at war. Read about the scare ships, the ghost planes, and the ghost rockets. Alien giants in the jungles of Vietnam. UFOs controlling our ICBM bases. Dogfights with flying saucers during the Gulf War. And more. 300 pages of unbelievable stories, along with many startling photographs. That's UFOs in wartime. What they didn't want you to know. By Mac Maloney. On sale at your local bookstore or on Amazon.com. Up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's supermanhomepage.com, the number one Superman fan site in the world. Supermanhomepage.com, covering the world of Superman from the 1930s to today. News, reviews, rumors, and reports. Supermanhomepage.com, for all your Superman comics, TV shows, movies, cartoons, radio shows, and more. Everything you ever wanted to know about the man of and more. SupermanHomePage.com Here's a riddle for you. What do the California Gold Rush of the 1850s, secret societies, coded messages, mysterious 19th century flying machines, and an early 20th century outside artist named Charles A.A. A. Delshaw all have in common? The Secrets of Delshaw by Dennis Crenshaw and Pete Navarro. Go to www secretsofdelshaw.com to learn more. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application, Mobile Talk Radio. Imagine having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. You'll be surprised how easy it is to use. So I think what's going on here is that Obama is banking on unemployment falling. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. Put a team of professional consultants behind your home or business computer with key information solutions. Providing solutions to your internet and computing needs while keeping you on the cutting edge of technology. Preventative maintenance and networking support. Hardware and custom built computers. Let key information solutions be your personal tech staff for your home or office with affordable hourly, monthly, or annual rates to fit anyone's budget. Call key information solutions now. 954-973-3374. That's 954-973-3374. Or visit keyinformation.com. I get all those child molesting priests confused. Well, they look the same. Catholic. Yeah, they all smell the same.
right, everybody, welcome back to Inside the Jackal's Head. That's right, live right here on PSN-Radio.com, SoFloRadio.com, and Global Enlightenment Radio Network. Shout-outs to Jaffe Ryder. It's awkward having to give shout-outs every week. God damn it. You know, I hate doing this, but, uh, you know, he's a cool dude, man, and I I feel bad sometimes not giving him a shout-out. So, Jaffe Ryder, shout-outs to you, bro. Odin, shout out to them, and also want to uh, give a, a special shout out to a new uh, good friend, Reverend Ed, who uh, had me on his show yesterday, and uh, he's of Global Enlightenment Radio Network, and that was a ton of fun. I got into it with a reverend, a, a very highly religious man who um, was very kind and uh, you know did a little. Uh, I guess uh, blessing is the best way to describe it over me. He blessed me. And uh, hopefully it works because I've had uh, no blessings in many moons. So, you know, hopefully it, uh, it pays off. But uh, he's a, he was a true uh, trooper, I'll tell you that much. He stayed on the air and uh, he did not lose his cool. And uh, you know me, I'm agnostic. I uh, I don't believe in religion and you know, I was giving them softballs, and I was, you know, not trying to be too harsh because I do like the uh, good old Reverend. He's a good guy, so uh, I don't like uh, being mean to people, and especially when they're doing good work. You know, even though I am agnostic and I don't believe in religion or in any of that, you know, stuff. But if you put your faith in a in a being that is of good, no matter what that being is, if you uh, say that you're trying to help others and you're trying to uplift people into something righteous and goodness. Uh, it doesn't matter if uh, your God is my God or whatever God is your God and who, whosoever God's balls are bigger than whatever. Uh, just, uh, you know, good is good, bad is bad. And if you're doing good, I, I celebrate that. So he's a good man. So shout out to Reverend Ed. And uh, thanks to him for having me on the show. So. Uh, moving on, I've got more stuff here. Uh, let me see, i got a bunch more clips that I wanted to get to uh, with George in mind. Again, we're celebrating my friend George Rodriguez's uh, birthday. He would have been uh, another year older today if uh, he would have uh, been with us. Unfortunately, his life was taken away on July 3rd of uh, this year and of a heart attack. And uh, we're still in mourning. It's, uh, it's tough to do these shows and... You know, as time passes and the years go by, you know, you, you do less and less of these uh, these things. And, uh, you know, on a year like this, we never got to uh, go and enjoy his, uh, you know, uh, his final days uh, it, together and, uh, you know, mourn in, uh, in a community setting like, you know, we did with Neil where we all got together and we were able to, you know, reminisce and have a nice eulogy and stuff and, you know, with uh, the way COVID is uh, dealing with everybody, and we, you know, we have to distance ourselves from each other, but we're in it together. But the way it, it is right now, you know, we we feel to have that moment uh, for George. But I think, in a way, you know, even Sabrina said it that he probably would have liked that a little bit better. Um, you know, he was uh, again, he was one of these dudes that didn't like uh, a lot of pleasantries, you know. And I got that right off the bat when I met him. Uh, you know, he would tell me, 
because, you know, I was kind of like starstruck in a way because, you know, I was a fan for a long time. Even though we're not talking about, like, you know, uh, a movie star, you know, even though he was in a couple of uh, productions and uh, wore uh, yellow shorts very, very well, if I may say so, you know. In a, in a bromance kind of way. Shout outs to those yellow shorts. Uh, but <laughs> it's a little humor. Uh, but anyway, every little shorts. Uh, you know, it's, you know, I was, like I said, I was very kind of like starstruck-ish type, uh, you know, around him and, and stuff. And uh, it, it was uh, weird because I've been around a lot of uh, individuals that uh, I've been in the movie industry and stuff, and I never kind of, like, got that, but uh, with George, was like, you know, I was always a little bit, uh, you know, nervous, and uh, he always had that way of making you feel comfortable, and that was one uh, really cool thing about him, and uh, he was, uh, in that sense, a very rare of a human, where, you know, we, we kind of just uh, had... Uh, the, the kind of, kind of human that no matter who you were, no matter what part of the world you were from, no matter you know what political party you uh, you were in, uh, he found a way to connect to you one way or the other. So uh, that's something that I think we we all kind of uh, miss uh, with the, the way society is today, and with how crazy everybody's gotten. I mean, my goodness, uh, I can't even watch TV anymore. I just, it's, you know, especially the news. It's one disaster after the other, after the other, and people are back at, you know, you know with these uh, riots and protests, and it's uh, tough times, folks, tough times to be alive right now. Uh, let's see, uh, let's play... Oh, this was a good one. This is uh, George talking about uh, WILD uh, back on uh, 2019. I, I would say I don't think you would agree. In in radio, when it was a business, this is about as close as you got the friendship as you would get. I mean, pretty much, uh, there was a, there was a prevailing paranoia with everybody uh, at, at WIOD. That we yeah. we were definitely friends. We hung out. Uh, we went to each other's parties, birthday parties. We went out afterwards drinking. We had the um, that table. It was a little covered area in the back where eventually it became the smoker's table. But it was a little couple, couple of picnic tables out back by the parking lot. Oh, oh the tile. Uh, yeah, yeah, where yeah, yeah. Um, that's where everybody smoked. So uh, if you wanted to, to hang out, you, you hung out out there whether you smoked or not. Yeah. But in, it was the olden days, so we kept beer in the fridge. And after the show, we would just grab our beer and go out back and a little picnic table and especially happy hour Fridays Fridays like today as a matter of fact right around this time mm-hmm. oh yeah the air right. staff uh, if you were getting off of your uh, your two o'clock shift you would linger around for the people that were getting off a little bit earlier and then we would start our happy hour early before we left the station and th- you know people oh, I can't believe people that would visit me oh, I can't believe you do this in my office got this <laughs> isn't an office it's a radio station that has an office uh we we're performers and we have to and we're doing creative stuff in theater of the mind and that's why we have to be left alone to do what we want to do but of course that's why bob neal sold the station uh, it confused them 
confused management. That but, pic- that picnic uh, table, that's where we actually got to witness Phil burning through an entire carton of Marlboro before Phil, the show. Phil was so humble, yeah. always yeah. humble. Humble then, humble now. How great is it that Phil... See, I would have loved me, to... I could have asked him a thousand things. Like, I, Phil, I thousand, if you're I'm still listening, Phil like, I'm going to Facebook friend you, by the way. Like the time you asked George for like a bag of Lay's or something and did call... Oh, the burning dog. Burning dog. Where? I don't have a we bag have, of, of it chips. Should, uh, it should be he in says, here. Like that, he said, I, I want to... I'm so proud of myself because Phil, because see, I, uh, people don't give me enough credit for being uh, a, a super producer, a super producer. But I, I know a thing or two about the Foley art, about yeah. sound effects. Yeah. Because when, in the olden days of radio, you didn't have this digital library. Let me type, uh, type something up in Google, will give me the sound effect for everything. We had to create our own sound effects. I'm so, so that angry. was. I didn't ask Phil about That was an old dog. trip, the burning oh. dog. Phil comes in and goes, George, do you have a sound effect of fire? And we didn't have. This was still pre computer. You know, we had the DCS with our stuff. Like, like we have fire in there. We don't have fire, but I had. I had a bag of, uh, I think it was actually Doritos or something that what I was gonna, that I was saving for my snack, and I said, "Here, use these." Yeah. <laughs> and he goes, "What?" It was an unopened bag of Doritos, and I wish we had it. And I go, "No, you crinkle it slowly. Look, listen, listen. Hold it in your ear and crinkle it slowly." And, he, and his face was like, "Oh my!" And he just like scuttled off like a little kid with a toy, and that was the burning dog sound. Hold so, on, so I, many. I may find it. Really? And so, so I'm, my, I'm in the warehouse, and I am working. I think it the, might have been Funyuns. The anyway, report, <laughs> the report comes down, and it might be Jennifer Rem. Yeah, it, like the, it was a horrible day. If you're an animal lover, like I am, an animal lover. Oh, like I am such an animal guy. Like I will help a kitten or something. I will take it in. And and a, and a dog was like burned alive, like tied to a fence or something. And the report was sobering. It's like, oh my gosh, what kind of a world are we living in? It's all turning to crap because someone would do this horrible thing. That's the report. Sobering moment. And then one second later, here comes Phil with. The- just the sound of fire. We got it. We've got the audio. Here comes yeah. the Oh, we yeah. got the thing? Oh, Here it is. No, 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 no. Hold on. Oh. That audio we don't have, but I have the audio of him doing you. Oh, that. that well, that's about. Uh, that, that'll. 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 Well, I, now, it's 10 minutes. It's 10 minutes okay, long. That hear bit. Well, here's, George is broken. Here's English. the thing. Okay. Uh, we're going to be doing an anniversary show, so I'll bring yeah. the burning dog audio in. Here. Oh, All right. Wonderful. For, for the that. burning dog we'll, we'll audio. Because I, I, mean, I don't want to end the Suds tribute show with 10 minutes of Phil impersonating me. <laughs> we'll, we'll save it for the anniversary. How you spell? Show. Yeah. How you spell? How you spell? Okay. Yes. How you spell? <laughs> So I was like, I'm sorry I impersonated you with a Spanish accent. I'm like, are you Have fucking you kidding me? Are you uh, I can't. You understand that I can't do a Spanish accent. I've got a mental block about being. I can speak Spanish, but I can't do a Spanish accent. My, my name is George. I, I have a wife. Hola, I am but they haven't, so I haven't been and afraid. This bitch. She's making shit up. Who was that guy? Uh, QAM Beaner Boy. You, you yeah, you, Carlos. Hey, you, Carlos. He was sounding like him when he Yeah, was. yeah, yeah. And Carlos, that, that, that Carlos, came later. Yeah. That came later. Phil's impersonation sounded like your impersonation of Beaner Boy, which way later, which I think you, <laughs> yes, it was I exactly think you owe, owe Phil money for that. Oh, that's funny shit. You know, heard him say right there that, uh, you know, he's a super producer. And he really was, like I said, he was uh, an excellent producer. In fact, I think that's why Neil got off the air. Uh, when George uh, was let go by WQAM, uh, as soon as they'd let him go, I mean, shortly after, it was probably several months, but it wasn't, you know, that long after, um, that Neil was like, I'm done. Uh, you know, I just, uh, I'm done. 
Uh, the, I mean, the, I don't remember the uh, the new guy's name now. It just escapes me. But uh, he, I mean, he wasn't like a bad dude or anything. But uh, it just wasn't the same. I mean, when George was producing Neil, I mean, there was a chemistry there that uh, you couldn't really replace. It, it, I'll put it this way: Neil got a lot of the fame and glory here in Florida. But if it wasn't for George and Neil being together, that show would not have worked. As much as, you know, George says, uh, you know, if it wasn't for Suds, there would be no show. And I agree with that. I mean, Suds played a huge part. But if it wasn't for the dual uh, act of Neil Rogers and George Rodriguez together, uh, they would definitely, uh, the show would not have worked. That's why I, when I look at the uh, the picture that um, Lewis from the Powwow show did of Neil and uh, George uh, in heaven... Uh, it's like a perfect capture for these two guys. I'm, I'm telling you, they're like, uh, uh, made to be on radio together. It's, uh, the perfect pairing, Neil and George. And, uh, you know, now they're both in heaven and, uh, probably doing a very funny radio show up there and, uh, looking down at us and, uh, just, uh, laughing their ass off at, uh, the tributes and everybody who's, uh, you know, uh, talking about them. Uh, but in all honesty, uh, you know, we, uh, we, we only, a memory, you know, our memories are the thing, only thing we have left. And, uh, you know, as, uh, as far as I go, uh, as long as I live, I'll never forget that, you know, either Neil or George, there's such a huge part of uh, my growing up and, you know, it's, it's the same with art. Uh, people ask me all the time, you know, how is it, you know, working with art? And I'm like, very limited. Because I only got to like you know maybe interact with them on a you know personal level a couple times. Uh, my really uh, my inter- interaction was really mostly with Keith on that network, and um, you know uh, I was lucky enough to be able to observe art from afar. But uh, art from afar almost sounds kind of weird, but. I never really got to build that friendship or that kind of same uh, chemistry relationship, and I, I did with uh, George. And uh, you know, from the moment I met him, when I, when I went to the uh, funeral uh, for uh, or the eulogy again for for Neil, and uh, you know, I got to uh, sit in and watch everybody there. I was really blown away by uh, how much you know he felt Neil's loss uh, because I, you know, even uh, you know they. You know, probably didn't speak as much, and he was a lot older and uh, lived a different life uh, than uh, than George. Uh, you know, there was a, a big, you know, love there between the two of them, and uh, there was a chemistry again that would never be duplicated on AM radio, ever, and uh, probably on the internet. I mean, there's a lot of good shows on the internet right now, a lot of great shows uh on the airways uh you know on some stations uh but mostly sports that's the uh, the sad part and a lot of it's not here in florida that's another sad part uh but uh, you know there's uh, never going to be another uh, georgia neil i mean there'll be other uh, shows i'm sure that are going to be one day spoken about in, in a similar fashion uh but it's it's by era you know and uh, really the 90s early 2000s mid 2000s was the georgia neil era and uh, very uh, unappreciated here in this market, like uh, I've said about ten times now, because it's really true. Uh, when you look at the Florida market, uh, you know it's one of those things where uh, there's very few times uh, that I can remember in 42 years that I've uh, heard 
talent like that. I mean, uh, we have what now, uh, Stu Gotts and uh, Dan Levitard are probably like the best known, uh, you know, two names in the Florida market. And, uh, you know, yeah, they're, they're good. Uh, you know, I, I don't, uh, like Dan's, uh, view on a lot of things. I think he's kind of like a hypocrite and, and other things. But, uh, you know, together they, they do a good job, but it's not Neil and George. You know, that's not the same. Um, you know, I can't really think of any other uh, names that even would come close at this point. Uh, you know, Howard is Howard, but he's on a serious satellite. It's not, the Florida market, which, by the way, the, the true story, Howard at one point wanted to hire Neil and George. I think together, if I'm not mistaken, that we wanted to bring them on board, and uh, they turned them down, which is crazy. But Neil really wanted to stay in the Miami market because he was loyal to this uh, area, believe it or not. Even when he was doing his show in Canada, he, he really wanted to stay down here and uh, do his show, uh, you know, based here in Florida, even though he was living in Canada, uh, he, he still was, uh, you know, doing the, the Miami stuff, uh, which you don't you don't get a lot of that anymore. Uh, nowadays, people just want to simulcast and broadcast everywhere they can because that's where the money's at on AM radio, and, and it is a dying medium. So uh, I don't blame these uh, shows for you know expanding. Because one day they're going to have to just uh, buckle up and get on the internet like the rest of us. And then see how tough it is to make money on the internet on radio. It's not easy, folks. For some of us who have been doing this for 10 years and trying, it's not easy. It's like eating Spam for lunch. Spam for lunch. Cause we're too cheap to for lunch, huh? Uh, here's some that I think uh, George would have gotten a huge kick out of. I know that I'm going to enjoy this. I'm going to uh, share this little uh, bit of news uh, because I did have uh, some new stuff that I wanted to get to in the uh, second hour here. And uh, this is one of them. The House on Friday passed a bill to decriminalize the use of... That's right, folks... <laughs> Marijuana. Yeah, a green, sticky, icky, really icky, smelly good stuff. Uh, let me see. They wanted to criminalize it at the federal level, a sweeping measure that aims to reduce uh, racial inequ- uh, inequalities or 
uh, yeah, in uh, drug arrests, uh, I guess uh, because, you know, mostly the, uh, the blacks get targeted. And uh, the measure which uh, would remove marijuana from the list of uh, federally controlled substances and uh, expunge federal convictions of nonviolent marijuana offenses now goes to the Senate, uh, where it's unlikely to pass. Now, one uh, Senate uh, uh, guy, Congressman Matt Gates, uh, right here out of my state of Florida, had nay to say to the, the, the Republicans who were saying nay to this bill. Check this out. The House passed the Marijuana Opportunity Reinvestment and Expungement and they're calling that the MORE Act, M-O-R-E, Marijuana Opportunity Reinvestment and Expungement Act by a vote of 228 to 164 with, these, uh, with six Democrats voting against it and five Republicans voting for it. Congressman right here out of Florida, like I said, Matt Gates, who has really cool hair, by the way. I wish I had hair, but I have no hair. But he has really cool hair. Uh, was the only Republican who co-sponsored the bill. We know what he likes. Uh, the sticky icky. And, uh, which, uh, had over a hundred Democrats sponsored, uh, sponsoring the bill. Uh, not too shocking as liberals love their pot. Uh, the long overdue legislation would reverse the failed policies of, uh, criminalizing, uh, marijuana on a federal level and would take steps to address the heavy toll this policy has taken across the country, particularly in the communities of color. And that's from House, uh, House Judiciary uh, Committee Chair Gerald Nadler. Jerry Nadler? Nadler's Nadler? Yeah, the, uh, the guy who wears his pants up to his nipples, that guy, uh, who introduced the bill and uh, said in a statement, uh, after the Moore's Act uh, was passed, I'm getting high, man. I'm getting high. <clears throat> That's what he said, anyway. Uh, so, Jerry Nadler Snadler uh, was uh, one of the guys behind the bill. According to a report from the American Civil Liberties Union uh, the, the, the past this year, uh, black Americans are 3.6 times more likely than white Americans to be arrested for pot use, despite similar use uh, rate. However... ACLU data also found that racial disparities remain in arrests in some states which have legalized or decriminalized the use of marijuana. In uh, a speech on the House floor ahead of uh, the vote, Democratic Congressman Hakeem Jeffries said that he hoped uh, this measure would help decrease America's uh, large incarcerated population, meaning... Um, yeah, uh, brothers, uh, we can smoke pot now, and you ain't going to jail. So it's, uh, it's, it's decriminalized. Good times. Uh, which is good, because, uh, I, I myself, uh, enjoy the pottage. Uh, the United States incarcerates more people than any other country in the world. Uh, we have, uh, ruined lives, families, communities, it's a 
disdain in a democracy, Jeffrey said. Marijuana use is either socially acceptable behavior or it's criminal conduct. Let me read that again, folks. Listen in. Marijuana use is either socially acceptable behavior or it's criminal conduct. But it can't be socially accepted behavior in some neighborhoods and criminal conduct in other neighborhoods when the dividing line is race. And finally, people are addressing that. I'm very happy about that because it's very true. Uh, you know, the war on drugs uh, really targeted minorities like, uh, you know, black folks, uh, Latinos like myself. And uh, it really was uh, something that tore a lot of communities and homes apart. Uh, but here's the thing, uh, you know, this is something that they've been trying to uh, get through for years, and I applaud them for that. I applaud Matt Gates for being uh, the only sole Republican behind the bill. That's all great and dandy. Uh, but this also, uh, they're putting it out there because they were trying to get funding and a lot of money for this in the package they're trying to pass in the uh, Senate. My thing is, why do you need to spend billions of dollars to simply decriminalize the use of marijuana? Uh, why do we have to, uh, who's getting the money that Nancy Pelosi uh, put on that bill? Has, does anybody want to ask that question in, uh, in any of these press conferences? I don't think so, right? Uh, because to simply pass the law and say, okay, you're criminalized, just take billions of dollars. And uh, I, I was looking at, you know, the supposed uh, bill they want to pass, and I'm like, goodness, no stimulus checks for anybody, but they want to give billions of dollars to the marijuana industry? Hello? Uh, am I missing something here? And the reason they want to do it is to decriminalize it? Okay, decriminalize it. You don't have to give $20 billion or $100 billion or whatever amount of billions they wanted to give to decriminalize something. I mean, it's, that's ridiculous. So I, I don't get that. But, however, uh, while Democrats uh, see decriminalization as an important criminal justice issue, most Senate Republicans seem unwilling to consider it. In a speech on the Senate floor on Thursday, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell questioned why House Democrats were voting on a bill on decriminalizing marijuana other than focusing on the coronavirus relief. Exactly. I, I mean, why are, are we worried about that when there's this big old bad virus on the loose? I mean, don't get me wrong. I want them to decriminalize this thing. But at what cost? Remember, this comes out of our taxpayer money, right? Now, the House of Representatives, it says here, is spending this week on uh, pressing issues like marijuana. Uh, says McConnell here, marijuana, seriously. Uh, important legislation befitting uh, the, the, the national crisis, he said sarcastically. And he's right. 
instead of going in there and saying, you know what, we have $500 billion sitting at a table. Let's give that to the people in stimulus money. You know, uh, instead of you know, with this new money they want to put together for more stimulus money, instead of trying to bail out billionaire companies like Nancy Pelosi and the left are insisting to do, uh, how about we uh, get back to business and they give stimulus checks to the people who need the money? It's the end of the year and people are broke. And they're talking about giving billions and billions of dollars to billionaires and to bail out, what, the marijuana industry, which is not even an industry yet. Again, if you want to decriminalize it, by all means, I'll be more than happy to partake legally because now it's no longer longer a criminal offense. But... It does not cost billions of dollars, Nancy Pelosi, to get up there and write a bill and put it through and say, okay, decriminalized. I mean, it, 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 is that money going to people whose pockets you got to, like, grease up in, uh, in Washington or something? Is that what's going on? Who's getting this money? We're talking about a lot of money, folks. These people are throwing money around like it's, uh, like it's nothing. And people don't understand this is being done to lower the value of the dollar. And to make China own us more and more and more. I'm telling you this, uh, in the next uh, few years is going to be better than Comedy Central. If Biden gets in, I hope you guys got your popcorn ready because the show is going to be hilarious. And uh, if we make it in the, you know, past the next four years, goodness gracious. I hope I'm alive because it's going to be, whew, it's going to be fun times. I'll tell you that much. If you think 2020 was a weird year, just think about this. This could be just a warm-up for what's coming. <laughs> just a little warm-up. Now, this goes on. It says here, the House of Representatives uh, is pending the week again pressing issues like marijuana, uh, you know, serious and important legislation befitting the national crisis. Uh, McConnell said sarcastically, but okay, here we go. But the Senate Minority uh, Leader Chuck, or I'm going to call him Chucky Schumer, urged McConnell to bring the uh, legislation to a vote in the Senate, saying... Uh, in a statement Friday that the House has taken a historic step towards finally ending the federal prohibition on marijuana. Marijuana? Today's bipartisan vote shows just how far the movement has come. I am encouraged by the action uh, the House has taken, and I encourage my colleagues in the Senate to support these efforts as well. Chucky Schumer said, "And uh, look, I uh, I'm I'm good with them uh, decriminalizing it, but again, why does it cost billions of dollars? Why does uh, nobody in anywhere ask this question? I mean, uh, am I the only one who's uh, saying, wait a second?" <coughs> 
Fuck Hold you. on. Somebody tell me what's really going on. Oh, that hurts. Yeah, that hurts. Uh, I mean, do they think we're stupid? Billions of dollars to pass a bill? And the media is not going to ask any questions. They don't give a shit. I mean, they just they, they pass these things like it's, uh, like it's all good. But, hey, this is the, the plan, right? They want to keep us dumb, keep us stoned, keep us locked down, keep us masked up. Uh, and, by the way, those lovely masks uh, that uh, everybody loves to wear, the, uh, the surgical masks, and a lot of these masks that they sell on, uh, online are made with material that... Uh, it has a little bit of uh, this thing called asbestos in it, and I don't know if you know how uh, healthy that is. You might want to look that up. Uh, wearing a mask is not going to do shit, folks. Okay, it it lowers the potential of getting coronavirus by a very small percentage, uh, and I'll tell you why. And uh, any airborne virus, for that matter, lowers by a very small percentage because. We're talking about things that are very infinite in size, or very, you know, very tiny, very small. I mean, this is a virus and it's airborne, and it's very tiny. And uh, as as far as uh, we know, this is tinier than a lot of these masks are made with the way they're weaved together. So this actually still can get through those masks. But here's the kicker. They weren't made to cover up a virus that small those masks uh, were made to cover a doctor's mouth from accidentally you know letting some snot or some spit fall into a wound uh, where they're operating on a patient uh i don't know if you guys ever seen any film of uh, any surgeries uh, where a doctor's working on a patient and he's sweating back in the day they would like pat his uh his brow and make sure that you got the uh, sweat so it doesn't drip well that's why they eventually had you know the more the head thing uh they covered the brow because that would collect the sweat and it you know they, they it still gets pretty hot in some of these uh rooms even though now it's a lot colder in operating rooms but in some emergency places it doesn't you know they need to uh still pat the brow because it gets a little warm sometimes in some places but the reason for the mask was in case, you know, they accidentally had a little snot coming out or something and didn't infect the patient. At the same time, if they're cut into somebody, uh, one thing that happens uh, sometimes is blood spills out or pus would spill out or some nasty, you know, some fluid would spill out from the patient. And to avoid the doctor getting that in his mouth or nose, the mask comes in handy. But for something like uh, the supposed COVID-19, uh, it does nothing. It's uh, it's a placebo, folks. It's all in our minds. Now, I'm not saying that the virus is not real. I'm just saying the mask is shenanigans. Even Dr. Fushi, Fucky, Figueroa, whatever his name is, Dr. Fushi, uh, even he knows his bullshit. I mean, that's why he's flip-flopped on it like 30 times now. And, uh, he, you know, he's uh, one of those cats where Joe Biden wants to keep around. In fact, I, I you know, I, I want to believe that Joe Biden's going to do some good, but, man, he, I just, I know he's not. 
I, I mean, uh, you know, I, 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 I want to believe, but I think I have a better chance of us actually seeing aliens come down and say, hey, here we are, than Joe Biden actually being good for the country. I mean, uh, I just, I don't see it. I, 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 how many days did you last? I don't even think that, honestly. I think he'll be gone in two weeks if he gets uh, actually inaugurated. The guy is Looney Tunes, and he's a complete, uh, you know, he's a, he said he's a transition uh, from himself to the Harris administration, and that's uh, who's going to be running uh, the show. And wouldn't it be something if she nominates Hillary Clinton as her VP? Oh, that'd be a nightmare, wouldn't it? That'd be a dirty, rotten trick. Oh, civil war will break out. I'm telling you that right now. Civil war would break out of that, whatever to happen. It really would. Uh, because, uh, my goodness, uh, I, you know, I don't know, I, I'm at a loss for words with the, uh, the amount of, uh, weirdness that the, uh, Congress in the last 10 years has, uh, shown us with, uh, with the Liberal Party and the way these people are just, uh, you know, showing their true colors and it's not good, folks. It's not good. Uh, as you know, tonight we have uh, Kaiser's talk radio coming up after this show. But after that, we have uh, Mitchell Nicholas Gerber, who does Unleashed uh, Truth Radio. He talks about communist China all the time. In fact, he was on Alex Jones' show recently. And uh, he talks about the Fulon Gone and the Uyghur Muslims and uh, a lot of these things that are happening in China. And, you know, we know that Joe Biden loves China, and China loves Joe. So much so, they call him Biden or Joe Gene or China Joe, Joe China. Now, it's Beijing, Beijing Joe or Beijing Biden. Beijing Biden, I think that's uh, the nickname they had for him. Beijing Biden. You know, his son uh, made a whole lot of money off of China, and the the, the real Russian collusion, which uh, was between Hunter and Russia. Here's the great thing about what the uh, left loves to do, and I, you know, looking at both sides, they both kind of do it a little bit, but the left has been really heavy on this the last couple of years, where they've done so much crap uh, with these countries, uh, which is just in the borderline of treasonous and in some cases way over the line uh, like in this uh, just uh, last election here on uh, November 3rd uh, where there's definitely been uh, you know things involved that are really shady that are coming to light now and um, I tell you what there's been without a doubt Treason committed by the, uh, the the people on the left, but and it's ridiculous how they project everything towards the right. And I've seen them more and more as I left the plantations, and um, you know, either left or right. 
And I see the, the amount of the hypocrisy where it's like, you know, do as we say, but not as we do, because we're better than you. And the left has just been completely going crazy with that. And uh, from Nancy Pelosi to Elon Omar to AOC, go where I'm going with this, crazy, you know, crazy uh, ladies, shall we say. Uh, but they're not the only. Jerry Nadler, Chuck Schumer, Adam Schiff. I mean, these guys are clowns, every single one of them. And in the media, it's no better. You have uh, Don Lemonhead, uh, Anderson Scooper, Rachel Madcow. I mean, <laughs> the list goes on and on. It's just a bunch of jokes. Jack Taper, Tapper, whatever his um, name is. Bunch of clowns, people. Just uh, nonsensical, unfunny, uh, just uh, not knowledgeable on facts. Or maybe they are. They're just plain stupid. Uh, and I'm not saying playing, I'm saying playing stupid. Like they're acting like they're, uh, they don't know what's going on. Because uh, they really just give, you know, Joe Biden softball questions whenever they interview him. And when they interview Trump, it's like, you motherfucker. Uh, and, and it's like they just want to kill this guy. And, you know, that was beautifully on display during the, the debates with uh, Chris Wallace where this imbecile asked uh, the president the same damn question that he uh, he presented him in 2016 when he was on the GOP ticket. How smart is that? Uh, well, you condemn white supremacy. Like, this motherfucker has condemned white supremacy like 30 times now. How many times are you going to ask the same goddamn question? Like, yeah, yeah. And then he makes a good point, like, would you ask Biden to, like, you know, condemn Antifa and Black Lives Matter? Because, you know, they're, they're the ones fucking the country up. And, you know, Chris Wallace is like, uh, no, I'm asking you a question. Motherfucker, I would have been like, motherfucker, I've already answered that. If I was Trump, that's what I would just say. I would have been like, look, man, I answered that question already. It's 2016. You know, sometimes I feel Trump kind of holds back a little bit, and I don't, I don't understand why. I feel like he should just let loose on like some occasions like that one. He should have just been like, look, man, I've already answered that question in 2016. Why do you keep asking me the same crap over and over again? What's your agenda, Chris Wallace? Obviously, you know, we know what his agenda is, but I, I would have just put him on the spot. And Trump didn't do that. I don't know if maybe he just failed to, you know, uh, you know, remember that moment, but you know, I was looking at it, and I was like, oh, my God, this is, like, the perfect moment for him to just say that. Because uh, this is something that happened. I mean, it, I even made a clip and put it on Rumble.com and on YouTube and stuff and on Facebook and of the same question uh, four years later. And people, they're like, eh, whatever, still a racist. Like, he's condemned white supremacy, David Duke, uh, you know, everybody. And by the way, the Proud Boys are not a white supremacist group unless you consider a black Cuban a white supremacist. That's like the dude who's leading the march in the Proud Boys. And they got gay people, they got transgender people, they got, you know, Latinos, they got white people, they got everybody over there. You know, and they've been labeled white supremacists. Why? Because they, they support the president. That's 
because, you know, uh, he's Republican and uh, that means white supremacy. That's the, the illusion, folks, the delusion factor that the, uh, the media has been portraying. Like uh, that Joe Biden is the president-elect. They haven't certified yet. That happens on the 14th, guys. Once the 14th expires, then we'll know if you certified the president-elect. The media is already getting you prepared for that by saying, president-elect, president-elect, president-elect. Because if it doesn't happen, people are going to be like, what? What happened? Remember in 2000, Al Gore was declared the president-elect for 37 days. And then we all know what happened when George Bush ended up being the winner. Now, there we had issues with hanging shads. We don't have that issue here. This is a little bit more sinister. And if you guys think I'm playing, watch the footage of the uh, the stuff that came out of Atlanta, Georgia, Keisha Lance Bottoms' uh, neck of the woods, and the shenanigans that went out over there. I mean, crazy stuff. But you know what? In an interview with Jack Taper, Tapper, uh, whatever that loser's name is, Joe Biden did admit this. And I'm telling you, when you're going senile, sometimes... Shit's if, if, slip if I read something where there's a, a fundamental disagreement we have based on a moral principle, I'll, uh, I'll, 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 I'll develop some disease and say I have to resign. Now, yeah, he was talking about Obama originally, but then he said, like I said to Obama, I said to Kamala, uh, you know, you, you guys know the clip, uh, basically he's saying, look, if, uh, you know, we have uh, some issues, I'll resign. But isn't she the vice president? Why would he resign? I, I mean, uh, hold on. Is she the president or is he the president? What's going on? They don't even know. who the. Does he even know he's running for president? I mean, remember, he's the same dude who said that he's running for Senate about four times. And that's during the 2020 election. He said that publicly. That he's running for state, uh, for state Senate. I mean, what? That's the guy that, that supposedly got 80 million votes? Really? Well, hell, if that's the case, I got some beans I want to sell you guys on the left, and uh, it'll take you to Happy Land, the land of the giants. You just plant them somewhere real nice, and then you just climb up that tree. Don't smoke it now. Just climb up the tree, and you'll see some giants. I know you guys will believe anything if you believe that lie. If you believe the the election wasn't rigged, uh, you really need either new glasses or you're sold out and you got to tell me how much they, they paid because I might want in on it because if it's going to be, you know, that kind of bread, I need the money. So let me uh, clue me in on what's going on, guys, because you got to have been paid off to believe that shit. I mean, uh, or really just be that brainwashed to actually think that, yeah, yeah, it seems legit. 80 million uh, votes for a guy who couldn't draw 16 people to a rally. Really? Who had absolutely no enthusiasm, no hype behind his campaign. He, he ran on zero policies. To this day, can anybody name a single policy that Joe Biden ran on? Email me. 
at thejackalshead at gmail.com. Please, I want to know. If you have a single policy which he actually ran on, I would love to find out. And remember, he also said, If I'm elected this. president, you're going to see the single most important thing that changes America is we're going to cure cancer. This guy's better than Jesus. He's going to cure cancer also. My God. Joe Biden is the new Messiah. He's going to crush the coronavirus. He's going to destroy our enemies. He's going to cure cancer. He's going to unite the country. And he's going to bring corn pop and make him part of his administration. By the way, he is going to reach out and smoke a lot of pot. Because now it's too criminalized. And he doesn't have to hide it anymore. Uh, it's, 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 this is funnier than the shit of the Apollo. It really is. It really, really is. Uh, you can't write this kind of shit. But I'll tell you what, it, it's amusing how, uh, the left has completely bought into it, folks. They really have, uh, they really believe that Joe Biden is the president-elect, which he's not. They really believe that they have, uh, you know, this thing one up, uh, already, which they haven't yet. It's not looking good for for the Republicans uh, on uh, you know who are on Trump's side. For the Rhinos, they probably don't give a shit. They've been paid off. For the Independents like myself who voted for Trump, uh, it's uh, not looking good. For anybody who does not want to see socialism or communism and who are pro, you know, uh, the rights to bear arms, who are pro democracy, pro the republic, who are pro freedom of speech. It's not looking good if Biden gets in. So let's hope for a, uh, a miracle. Let's hope that, you know, Trump somehow, you know, throws a Hail Mary and, uh, you know, it's picked up by the Supreme Court and, uh, we get a president who is coherent, anti-China, pro-trade in a way that we actually profit and not lose money. Who doesn't want more war? Because look, last four years, Trump has avoided war. He's getting our troops out of war. By the record number, we had like 700 more troops coming home now from Somalia. That's what we need. A president wants to open the economy so we can get our businesses back on the road and not have to depend on being locked down with no stimulus money because Nancy Pelosi doesn't want to give the president the satisfaction. Of being the man who actually gets the money out there. She doesn't want to give him the satisfaction of even the coronavirus, guys. I, I kid you not. She's talking about this thing like if Joe Biden infected the, vac the vaccine. Like, he's the conqueror of the coronavirus. Joe Biden committed to ending and crushing the virus. And having a Build a Better America initiative, Big Back Better, a vaccine, answer to our prayers, an answer to our prayers of 95% effectiveness. 
in terms of Pfizer and Moderna, and there may be others uh, coming forward. Now that makes that is a total game changer, a new president and a vaccine. So th- there's nothing to com- th- these are different. What what was then before was not more of this. This is has simplicity. It's what we've had in our bills. It's for a shorter period of time. But that's okay now because we have a new president. It's all political, folks. She's giving him credit like he is the one who created the vaccine. Like it was, it's okay now to take the vaccine because Joe Biden is going to be the new president. The vaccine was created, especially the Pfizer one, under President Trump administration. But you see how Nancy Pelosi is so deranged and, and such a lunatic. By the way, I'm highly suspicious that she was even sober. I really believe she was drunk when she did that because she was, you know, slow, you know, just all over the place. Uh, she was uh, just seemed confused. Uh, I don't know. There was just uh, this, you know, uh, she was. And her speech pattern was just kind of weird. Like she was. Slithering her words, I don't know. She just looked, she looked drunk in the video. So, I, I tell you what, man, if you listen to Nancy Pelosi and you listen to that clip, that tells you everything. There's a woman who did not want to give Trump the satisfaction of having names on checks, uh, because, uh, you know, she didn't want to give him the satisfaction. So, we didn't get stimulus checks. And now she's saying that, uh, well, the, you know what, the, uh, the, the flu vaccine, the uh, corona vaccine, it's going to be okay because it's a Biden uh, thing. So, you, yeah, it'll be okay, guys. Don't worry about it. Total hypocrisy. Anyway, guys, with that, we're going to check out for the evening. we got uh, more talk uh, here on the network, and i got to get going. Kaiser's Talk Radio is up next. I'll be on uh, live next week here on uh, Thursday night at 10 p.m. Eastern on Inside the Jackal's Head. So next week, I want to wish everybody a big shout-out, and uh, hopefully you all stay safe, stay sound, and stay alert, stay alive, stay healthy. And once again, I want to wish uh, my uh, fallen compadre, my good friend and mentor, George Rodriguez, a very happy birthday. It would have been a very, very happy birthday for sure. And uh, we miss you, George. We love you, and uh, we're going to mourn you for at least the rest of our days. And uh, hopefully the uh, the gods up there are taking good care of you because you deserve it, brother. We love you. Good night, everybody. Till next time. Mm-hmm.